Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. It is crazy to think that today is already Proverbs chapter 31. It is the 31st day of March. This month has absolutely flown by extremely fast. I And I hope that you have enjoyed this series that we've been going through the book of Proverbs. I hope that your wisdom has been stretched and increased while we're going through this. And I hope, of course, that you've received some grace from God uh, and that you will complete what God has given you to do with, of course, a shout of grace. Now, as we've been going through this here, there have been a couple of times where people have asked the question, what is coming up next? What is the plan? Because, I mean, look, there's only 31 days in March, and there's only 31 days in Proverbs. That's why we are 31 chapters in Proverbs. And that's why we, we of course, chose this one and have been going through uh, Proverbs. And what we are going to go to next is we're going to be doing a devotional series through the chapter of Psalm 23. Now, I don't expect that to last the entire month uh, or for an entire month, uh, but we're going to take at least a week and go through Uh, Psalm chapter 23, there's a lot of stuff to glean from such a familiar, familiar passage. But I'm actually, as you're hearing this, I should be, Lord willing, in Nigeria, recording, of course, ahead of time. And so uh, with that being said, we are going to be taking just a little bit of a break about the first week of April. And it's not because I want to skip out there on April. In fact, I wish that I was uh, would have been able to get more of these done ahead of time uh, so that we wouldn't be missing anything. But I do want you to know we're going to be taking just about a, a week off. Not that I'm taking a week off, uh, but I'm going to be preaching there in Nigeria uh, at a pastor's conference. And I, I'm just not 100% sure how reliable the internet is. If the internet's uh, good over there, I will at least put out some audio. I probably won't be able to uh, put in the 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 intro and the outro music and uh, and stuff like that, but I I will try to put something together uh, while I'm up there if that is possible. I'm not sure that it will be possible with the internet connection and stuff like that. So, uh, but when we get back or when I get back, we're going to be going through Psalm chapter 23, and I'm really excited to go through Psalm chapter 23 because Psalm chapter 23 is one of those passages that it is so familiar. Most people don't think about what the chapter is actually saying, what God is actually saying to you in Psalm 23. And there are some incredible insights in this familiar passage, ones that I I think that not everybody's thought about before. And so we're going to be doing some devotions through Psalm chapter 23. But without further ado, let's get to the last chapter of the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be getting into Proverbs chapter 31. And it says this, The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which uh, his mother taught him, What, my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows, do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert justice, of all the afflicted, give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth 
for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Remember your mouth, excuse me, open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rupees. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So she will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil. All the days of her life, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is not yet night. Well, excuse me, while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arm. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. Wow, now this is an interesting chapter. So first of all, obviously, it's, a, it's designed a little bit different, and it's normally known as, you know, Proverbs 31, and you start thinking of the Proverbs 31 woman and this, uh, the, this really a lot of instruction to women, and there's no doubt that that is true, that there is a lot of instruction to women for them to pattern their, their lives after. But if you notice here, it's actually King Lemuel, who we believe is Solomon, uh, it, it's actually his, his mother writing to him. These are the words of his mother. This is the the wisdom that his mother gave him. Now, this is interesting because, of course, the book of Proverbs is Solomon writing to his son as him imparting wisdom to his son. And so it's almost as though that Solomon is, is taking exactly what his mom did for him, what his parents did for him, his mom specifically, and is going and doing this now for his son. But one of the things that is so important and one of the things that she obviously emphasized was the importance of finding a wife and, of course, a virtuous wife. Now, this applies, of course, to to, to men. You need to find a woman like this. And also to women, you need to be a woman like this. Uh, that, that is described from verses 10 through 31 in Proverbs chapter 31. But in the first nine verses, it actually does give just some normal instruction on how a king should go and to live his life, how a king should go and, and grow and uh, strive for, and some things the king should do, and some things the king shouldn't do. And isn't that just kind of interesting? 
But it starts off with verse 10, and it says this, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Now, this is an important thing to understand because uh, so many times I don't think that people think this way. In fact, I kind of know people don't think this way. The investment in people, in who you invest in in your life and who you let invest in you, quite frankly, who you're going to spend your time with and your life with is a far more valuable choice or destructive choice than any other financial decision that you could make. Then almost any other life decision, of course, outside of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior and, and living your life for Him. But, but when we go and we look at the horizontal things, this is perhaps the biggest and most important decision that you're going to make. Who is going to be your spouse? And then, of course, proceeding from that, who are going to be the friends that are in your life? Who are going to be uh, the, the church members that you cast in your lot with? Who are going to be, who's going to be the, the, the pastor that you're going to submit to? The, these are the kinds of things that really end up shaping and making your life. But when it comes to a spouse, this is so important because I've seen both men and women who are just outstanding people in and of themselves. I mean, people that, that, that you enjoy being around, people that uh, do g- good things for God. They serve the Lord with their whole heart. They, they do all kinds of great things, but they're really held back from becoming who they really could be because of their spouse. We started off Shouts of Grace, and I started explaining the reason for the name Shouts of Grace. It comes from uh, Zerubbabel, when God goes and prophesies to him and says, look, you are going to complete the work that I have given you. And of course, the work at that point in time was to rebuild the temple, and this is, uh, this is outlined in Ezra and Haggai and Zechariah. Uh, this is to to rebuild the temple, and, and of course, Zerubbabel is to go and to do that. He had laid the foundation at this point in time, and then they had seen opposition, and he's the one, the governor, who had led uh, the children of Israel back to Jerusalem, uh, and, and of course— the problem is, is that after they receive some pushback, what ends up happening is, well, they, they don't complete the work. They stop for a while. In fact, the, the children of Israel do something really bad. They take the supplies that were given to be, uh, to be made for the temple, and they end up building themselves paneled houses. And then God goes and puts a curse on them because they're stealing from God. And so they're, they're, you know, their purse uh, has holes in it. They're, they're going and having you know, problems of inflation, essentially. Um, they're, they're putting on clothes, but they're not being able to be warm. They're eating, but they're not being able to be filled. I, I mean, it is this incredible thing of when you steal from God, things don't go well. But God goes and he gives Zerubbabel a prophecy, and one that, that ended up becoming true, of course, because all of God's words are true. And that is that he would complete the work that God gave him. He would build that temple, but he would do so with a shout of grace. If you want a shout of grace in your life to complete what God has given you to do, you need to make a wise decision with who your spouse is going to be. I've seen both men and women who are clearly not able to accomplish what they were called to do 
because instead of going and listening to God, maybe they were in a, a, a point of rebellion in their life, but instead of going and listening to God, they chose the wrong person to marry. And I'm not trying to sit out here and just bash their spouses, but their spouses just simply aren't walking with the Lord. They're not going and doing what they ought to be doing, and it holds back the other person. And I've seen this both in the life of men and women. So be really careful. Be really careful, young people, who you marry. Don't make a dumb decision just because you want to get married or just because they they looked pretty at you. Go and wait for the right person who God has for you so that you can accomplish what God has for you to accomplish in your life. But I do want to just point out a few things here about the Proverbs 31 woman, because I think that a little bit of this is, you know, not quite seen right in our culture. See, a lot of times the Proverbs 31 woman is is given as just the homemaker, and there's no doubt that a Proverbs 31 woman is a homemaker, somebody who who cares and has a priority on their house. There's no doubt that's that's obvious in this. She goes and she she's not afraid of the snow, and so she goes and she clothes her children. Um, you know, we we see that that she has um, made her own garments uh, as well of scarlet, and she's not. She's not concerned about any of these things, right? Uh, she also doesn't eat the bread of idleness, and she watches over the ways of her household, it says in verse 27. But there's some other things in here that are mentioned that, that I think that are, are just interesting. It says she makes linen garments, and she sells them. And she supplies sashes from merchants. It also goes... And it says that her husband is known in the gate when he sits among the elders of the land. And it says here uh, that she considers a field and she buys it. See, the Proverbs 31 woman is someone who is also industrious, somebody who goes and, and looks out and sees economic needs. She cares about the economy. She's, of course, hardworking, but she goes and she makes decisions also that are financial decisions. So many times, uh, you know, we go and we see within the Christian uh, life, specifically in the conservative Christian life, that it's almost that the, the, the man holds the checkbook, he goes and he works, the woman is expected uh, to go and to stay home all day and just be with the kids and, and not accomplish anything. Um, uh, other than raise the children, not that that's a small feat by any means. I'm not trying to downplay that, but but not try to but not accomplish anything outside of the home. But that's not really the case. The Proverbs 31 woman is one who goes and she makes financial decisions because she's also teaching the children uh, principles uh, within the economy. She's going and looking out and she's seeing ways that she can. Uh, help her husband up. You know, it says here that her husband is known in the gate. And one of the things that, that I see about this that, that is just completely contrary, completely contrary to our culture today, is that means that the wife goes and she seeks to make her husband look good. You know, what what is it that we see in today's world 
Well, that that really used to be used to have the man defined by sitcoms. I don't know if sitcoms are really the thing they they quite used to be, but I always think of everybody loves Raymond. It, it's that you have the the woman who is, of course is the smart one, and then you have the the guy who's just the baffling buffoon who can't even figure out how to tie his shoes. Right? It's a, it's a funny show, but it's it, it's one of those things where you go and you see this is how men are portrayed. She's not making her husband look good in the gate or or be well known in the gate. Rather, in in Everybody Loves Raymond, she's making her husband look like the village idiot. But that's not the Proverbs thirty one woman. The Proverbs thirty one woman seeks to go into be a helpmeet to her husband. To go into, instead of making him look like a dummy, go and cover up those things that her husband might forget, that her husband might not realize, that her husband just simply might overlook. She's seeking through love to love him and to cover up a multitude of idiocy instead of sin, we could go and say, but it might be sin as well. But we, we go and we look at that, that concept here. She seeks to make her husband look good. That's somebody that you want. And of course, what is the response, husbands, is that the husband goes and praises his wife in the gate. See, it's not a one-way street here. I, I've also seen this where that there is a, a woman who just has a heart of gold, seeks to be a Proverbs 31 woman, but there's just not a Proverbs 31 man that she married. She made the mistake of not marrying the right guy. And... The issue is, is she might go and, and, and cover him up as much as she possibly can, try to make him look good, try to give him honor, and then he just goes and rails on her. I have seen that, and it is a sad thing. Husbands, when you have a, a wife that God has given you, you praise her in the gate. You praise her in the gate. You let people know that she is a woman who is worthy of honor and a woman worthy of praise. Well, on that note, let me just tell you, I'm glad that I married a Proverbs 31 woman. In fact, I've, I've often said this, but the, the thing ultimately that really drew me to, to Sarah, that made me really want to marry Sarah, is right here in Proverbs 31. And it says here at the end of verse 30, and well, I'll read the whole verse 30, but let me explain a little bit. It says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Let me say this. Sarah's beautiful, so she's got the first first part of the verse. We, I don't have to worry about that that there, that she doesn't have that charm or beauty. But the second thing is, is that is this is what drew me in to go and to really want to marry Sarah. It says, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She has a fear of the Lord. And you know, this is where we started, was talking about a, the fear of the Lord in chapter 1, when it says that the, beginning of, or that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And of course, here, this is where we're going to end, is talking just a little bit about the fear of the Lord, because it is the, the woman who fears the Lord that shall be praised. That's the kind of woman that you should praise, but then also this is a trait that every single person should have. We should all fear the Lord. If you truly want wisdom, you need to fear the Lord. Stop and think about what does God have to say about this decision in my life? What does God have to say about this situation in my life? 
Ask that question. Ask it repeatedly. Keep it on your tongue. Grow in wisdom. And of course, finish the work that God has given you. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So that war you've been fighting.